Welcome to the USRA Coalition's Let's Talk About It podcast, where we give you insights into mental health and substance abuse issues. In each episode, we'll have a conversation with a guest who will help create awareness in our communities around these topics. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hey there, welcome to another edition of USRA Coalition's Let's Talk About It. It's the podcast that draws issues out of the darkness and into the light. We do so in the name of awareness and prevention. Uh, before we get to today's guests, I want to remind you all that the USRA Coalition is a partnership between the boroughs of Upper Saddle River and Allendale, New Jersey. Members consist of elected officials, parents, school administration, police, health professionals, local businesses, clergy, members of local community organizations. The mission of the USRA Coalition is to educate and create awareness in our communities to prevent and reduce substance abuse and promote the understanding of the mental health and wellness needs of our youth. And that brings us to today's guest. He's a 10-year veteran, the Allendale Police Department. He served on a variety of task force, including uh, one uh, eradicating heroin from the area and also uh, auto theft task force as well. Uh, he serves as one of the lead officers in the Allendale School District, as well as at Northern Highlands. He's none other than police officer Kevin Acevedo. Kev, you are no stranger to the high school. You've been coming up here for years, either participating in or helping to organize the Not Even Once program. I don't know if everyone really knows what that entails. Can you tell us about the Not Even Once program that the Allendale Police helps conduct at the school? Sure, absolutely. Um, so it is a program that's... Um... I believe we started about five or six years ago, and it's usually for the junior uh, class uh, sometime in the winter or the spring of the school year. Um, and it consists of uh, Allendale police officers, um, Hohokus, Sada River, and Upper Sada River police officers um, coming together and teaching the students uh, all the effects and issues with opioids. So we'll usually speak to them in the uh, you know classroom setting for about two days. And then we also have uh, addicts in recovery come in and speak with them as well. And, you know, that is a, um, a very impactful um, way to go about it. Uh, we get a lot of... Um, responses from the students that you know hearing people's stories and you know from beginning to end everything that they go through and the day-to-day -day struggle that uh they continue to to fight you know with their addiction um and that you know how much of an impact that it has on them now g give people a little bit more of an idea too officer acevedo how how long does the program take is this a one-day shot is it over the course of a couple days you know a month like Remind us, what are we doing here? Uh, it's it's usually about a week long. Um, and with your schedule up at the school, we usually see each class four times. So, um, yeah, it's going to usually be broken into those uh, four sessions of, you know, the 56 minutes or whatever each class is. And, um, you know, it's it's either led by police officers you know, educating about the, the effects and, you know, how it all started and how people usually um, do get addicted. And, um, you know, we kind of finish it with, you know, people coming in and actually telling their stories and what actually happened to specifically to them. 
So listen, I've, I've been in on those sessions. I've accompanied you guys and I've seen those stories and they're, they're heart wrenching. You know, they really, they, they grasp you, but you know, when I'm in there, I'm not necessarily looking at, at the person. I don't know about you. I look at the kids. Like what kind of reactions do you see from the kids when you hear those stories? When they're hearing those stories. Uh, you know, you, you see a couple of different reactions, you know, like some of the kids, you know, even though they don't have to say it, that they are aware of someone that may be struggling with some type of an addiction, you know, right then and there. Because whenever someone's addicted to something, you know, they have kind of no matter what it is, um, you know, the, there's a lot of telltale signs that are similar across whatever that uh, substance may be. Um, and then there's other kids that. You know, they hear the story, you know, especially, you know, with the um, high percentage of athletes that it can affect, you know, and they sit there and they're, you know, the, the person's story describes them. And it kind of you can see that, like, you know, it makes them, you know, think twice or, you know, they, it, you can see that they kind of compare themselves to the person that's speaking and, you know, the person was you know the same place that they were in the sitting in the same seat wearing their shoes so it definitely hits home now do, do in your experience is it is it is it more interactive are the kids engaged is it more like a deer in a headlight look like what what do you experience when the kids hear these stories no i mean they're definitely they're definitely respectful and they listen to the story um, you know, whenever an officer is going over information, it's very interactive. Um, you know, we want to know what they're thinking. We want to know their experiences and different things that whatever it is that they want to share. Um, when a speaker's there, it's the same thing. They're, they pretty much listen to the whole story. And, you know, the speakers that we have come are, they're excellent. They want to share everything and anything that they can to help somebody. So they, they really, they are not shy about getting into the details of their stories and stuff like that. And um, I think that's what makes it, you know, so genuine. Now you said too, like some of the kids may see themselves in that person or maybe they know someone who's gone through those struggles, you know, a friend, a family member, you know, maybe even someone they look up to. Like, do you see that take a toll on kids? Can you see that being almost like a trigger to some of the kids in the room and you have things in place to support them as well? Yes, absolutely. So before we even have the class, I mean, um, the whole um, guidance department and, you know, the, the health uh, department on your end is, you know, they're aware of what's going on that week. And we do have, you know, I think there was one student last year that was upset and had to leave because of something that uh, came up or whatever. And that's to be expected. I mean, you know, you're talking about something that is, um, you know, can be very real to certain people, especially if someone's lived through something and some of these things are, you know, bringing up old feelings and memories or maybe they're fresh feelings and stuff like that. So they're definitely going to have some type of response and we are aware of that. So we do have people, you know, the school always has, you know, staff on hand to assist with that. Yeah, no, we're lucky enough now that we have our wellness department. They're able to partner with you. They're in the room. They hear the stories as well. And, you know, they even follow up with kids afterwards. And, you know, it's like we say any other time, like as long as we can have a kid who can go to a trusted adult in a time of need or a time of, um, 
uh, they're, in which they're struggling. And that's really all we can ask for because there's a lot of supports around us. They just need to be able to ask. And, and I know you guys know that too. You probably see it on the on the police front, not just in coming to the school, but also on the road and what you do every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Like crisis intervention is something that is like, you know, it's, you know, an almost everyday occurrence. Right. So with everything that's gone on, obviously what's brought this on is the opioid epidemic and the heroin epidemic within not just our area, but really the nation within the last 10 years. And now that we're bringing this more to the forefront, you know, here on a local level, Officer Acevedo, like, do you think we're making a difference? Do, Do you see less um you know less instances in town or in the area like what are the stats telling us like what are you guys seeing out in the field well the the problem is it seems like there's um less of um people being addicted to uh pain medicine which is usually the route in which it starts someone has an injury whether it's sports related or not they go to a doctor and they're prescribed pain medicine and then they take too too much of it. They become, you know, hooked on it. And then it's it the, it starts from there, right? And then you can no longer pay for that prescription, and the doctor cuts you off. And then, you know, to fulfill that uh, that need, people end up using heroin. So that's the cycle how it usually goes. Um, there's other drugs that are also um, uh, opioid like. Um, there's things such as, um, fentanyl and the problem with fentanyl now is it's in everything. It's in marijuana. It's so you have someone that doesn't even have an opioid issue using, you know, some type of marijuana that they got on the street and it was mixed or was cut up in the same tub that, you know, um, fentanyl was used in and they're overdosing by smoking marijuana now so two two follow-up questions that one like why why would a dealer even want to do that like you're killing your own you're killing your own customer like did do they know what they're doing like did they like what's the what's the rationale for them to even go down that route right i mean so one you're getting people addicted right you you could be and then also you're also risking that but you know a lot of um you know, users, you know, they're always chasing that first high. So the closer to, you know, to death you get, you know, the, the, you know, quote unquote, the better the high is. And that's what people are always chasing. So, you know, there's always like bags of heroin that are stamped, you know, and they're always going, you know, they have all kinds of crazy names, you know, that the drug dealer makes. And, you know, that's kind of how they brand what it is that they have. And, you know, the most outrageous names are things that people, you know, that's what they that's what they're chasing. So. So fentanyl is in everything. So it's in could be in marijuana. Absolutely. In, in vapes. Uh, I, I don't know if it's in vapes, um, but it's definitely it's even in like cocaine. So like you have cocaine. Yeah. Edibles, it, like, yeah. I mean, you have that far. Yeah, with edibles, uh, that I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that. I haven't heard of anything like that, but pretty much, you know, any synthetic marijuana, all anything that, any kind of combination that you can make really is, right? Whether it's a, um, a stimulant or a depressant, right? Like cocaine, but they still, it's still mixed together. Sure. So, 
Yeah. So it's, it's very risky and we try to get that across to the kids. And, you know, a lot of the speakers that we had this past year were telling us that like, you know, it's like completely, you know, like it's in everything, everything that you get, it's in that. So it's being communicated to the kids. We have people speaking from firsthand experience. And again, like one thing we always concern ourselves with at the school is like, all right, the evidence is right there in front of them. We got all the programs in the world. We have a lot of supports. Like, where does the invincibility factor come in? Do you still have kids who just kind of walk out with the attitude like that? That's never going to be me. And they just think they're invincible or, or are we, again, are we really making a difference here? Like, what, what do you see? What are some of the kids telling you after the speakers leave? I mean, you know, you, you hope that you're making a difference. Um, even if you're making a difference for one kid, that's, you know, it's one person, that's one person's mother and dad that you helped. It's one, you know, a brother and a sister, you know, maybe a, a, a son or a daughter. So, you know, how to measure that, you know, I don't know what the best way is, but there's, um, you know, there's always going to be people on either uh, side of the spectrum where they're going to feel like, ah, that's not, you know, that, that's never going to be me, right? Because we know that, you know, a lot of people do, unfortunately, fall victim to, um uh, to this. So I, I like to think that we are uh, making a difference. But again, I don't really know how you can truly measure that. So, well, I think you said it well when you said, hey, if we can help at least one person, you guys are doing your job and you are <laughs> to, to the umpteenth degree. So, again, thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, you know, one thing that might be uh, forgotten is sometimes with addiction comes that that circle of criminality. Like we, for families out there who who maybe not know if, you know, their loved one or, you know, the child or their kids are, are getting involved, they're going down the wrong path. Would you say that's a pretty, pretty solid indicator or red flag of, you know, someone getting into trouble, whether it be minor, minor criminal acts like theft and uh, just things like that. Talk about the circle of criminality. It goes along with just trying to get the resources to buy this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that it actually would probably start in the home that, you know, they yeah. start stealing money from their parents. Um, you know, things around the house that are worth money, you know, they'll pawn them for cash. And these are the stories that we're hearing, right? This is what these people, yeah. the, 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 the recovering addicts, they'll come in and they'll tell kids. Yeah. I mean, silverware, right? Like spoons. Flax. Spoons go missing because they're being used, you know, with, you know, certain drugs, you know, so those, those go missing a lot. Um, but there's a lot of different indicators and, you know, shoplifting again, you know, someone's going to go and they're going to steal things that are small that fit in their pocket or under their jacket, but they're expensive. So right. they can go somewhere where they know they can sell it to somebody and get cash for it. And then they can get, you know, their fix. Sad. Sad stuff. Well, uh, I know moving forward, you know, as we continue to get back to normal in the in the wake of the pandemic, uh, we're here at the school. We're planning on hosting you again, and uh, we're going to make plans to continue the program as long as uh, as long as there is a need. And, uh, and we know you'll be there to help support us and, and the rest of the force will, too. So, again, thank you for bringing this program to the school and for doing everything that you have been over the course of the years and that you'll continue to also. Absolutely. Listen, before we let you go, we like to play a little game with our guests. At the end of the show, we're coming down the home stretch. We're almost at the finish line. We got the big trifecta. We get to try to get to know our uh, 
our guests a little better and give a little insight for our listeners. Would you like to play? Help us out on this one? Sure. All right, here we go. So listen, I don't know if people know you in town too well, but you're you're a fitness fiend, right? You, you like to work out a lot, right? Absolutely. All right, yep. So uh, it begs the question, how much you bench? How much you bench in these days? Uh, you put up? Not that much. <laughs> you more of like a core guy? Uh, probably lower. Um, but I would say the most I bench is like 290. Ah, that's, that's great, man. It's, it's good stuff. What's your favorite kind of workout? Are you like a CrossFit guy? Or are you just strict uh, uh, core? Like what, what, what's your go-to? What are you doing? Uh, Olymp Olympic weightlifting. Okay. So clean and jerk. Yep. Slots, deadlift. Absolutely. All right. Chase chasing down, chasing down people in town <laughs> on foot. Good stuff. All right, listen, you're a cop. Is there like a TV or a movie cop that would most resemble you? Like if we were watching a movie and saw a cop, like who reminds you of yourself in a movie? Like who who do you resemble? Oh man, I don't watch too many cop movies. Um, oh, you do. Come on. <laughs> what about TV? Um. Oh man, I'm bad at this. You got to help me out here. I'm helping I, you. This is the big trifecta, man. You got to step yeah, up. This is a tough one. I, I wish I had Google out with me right now to, to pull up some movies. I kind of see you like uh, as uh, The Rock in that movie, Other Guys. You see that? <laughs> I was thinking that, but it didn't end well for him. No, 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 it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but, you know, just the fitness part, you know, you're in good yeah. Of course, and you know what it is. Aim for the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on on that note. All right, on a little more of a serious note. Um, if you were to have dinner with anyone, at any point in time, um, you know, a person, historical figure, uh, modern day, doesn't matter. Someone you'd like to sit down and have a conversation with at dinner. Someone that you look to, you want to emulate or learn something from, who would it be? Um, oh, man, that's a hard one. I guess maybe Abraham Lincoln. All right. Honest Abe. That's a solid pick. Why Abe Lincoln? Yeah, just because For everything. You. I'm sorry. Guys, for you, I mean, there are obvious reasons, but, you know, why? Yeah. Would you know, just because, you know, I mean, he he was he had so many decisions to make at such a difficult time and change the course of so many lives with, you know, you know, everything that and he went by what he thought was right. So in opposition, of I mean, I know there's a lot more to it and stuff like that, but. Now, when you boil it down, reduce it to its most simplest form, that's certainly what President Lincoln did. And I can say for sure that's certainly what you guys do on a day-in, day-out basis. You do what you think is right. You're there to protect and serve. And um, you're really a, a pillar of strength in our community. So, again, Officer Acevedo, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you very much. All right. Pleasure having you today. Listen, that's all for this episode of Let's Talk About It. Remember, we draw issues out of the darkness and into the light. We do it in the name of prevention and awareness. And when it comes down to about it, you got to sit at the table. You got to talk about it. Because remember, if you're not at the table, you may be on the menu. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Take care.